Welcome to another episode of Be Now. It's the show where nothing needs to happen because it's already happening. Be happening. Yeah, yeah. The listeners can't see, but we're sitting in your house at the moment, which is absolutely lovely. Very chilled and relaxed, peaceful environment, which is nice. And it's, it's, I think having a nice place in which to live or in which to spend you know, your time is quite important. I moved house recently, just at the beginning of the, the outbreak. And so it was, gave me lots of time to make that space my own. And I really appreciate having such a nice place to, uh, you know, mm. do that in and to exist in for hours on end. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so at the end of the, of the outbreak, you also moved into a new house? So at, at, the, at the beginning, at the beginning of it. So I think I was in the house for less than a week when lockdown began. Mm. And so fortunately, I had already bought all of the paint and sandpaper and lots of other little bits that I needed. But obviously, it's still not enough because you always forget some small thing like coat hooks. Right, all of the nooks and crannies. Yeah, the whole, the whole place was unfurnished. It was an office mm. before, so there wasn't any kind of you know, domestic stuff in there that I hadn't brought myself is so that I have quite a few coats mm. so then it's like well, where the hell do you put the coats you bring in all your old storage where there's where's the place in it? you just have a pile of them or whatever and it's where do you find coat hooks in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. it's quite the there are bigger issues this day. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah so you're I notice always you're like uh you like you play with your with fashion and like you know how you express yourself in mm-hmm. fashion yeah well when did that get started for you um I, I think from a very early age um well this is going to be a confession i used to dress up in my mum's clothes quite a lot wear her shoes and things like that and wigs i mean my mum used to dress us up in wigs when we were babies so we probably blame a lot of this on on her and my nan, you know, they would always have lots of like dressing up stuff. And when my mum and her brothers were young, they did all of that kind of stuff as well. So it's kind of like a continuation of wearing Childhood. weird stuff mm. in public. Yeah, I always used to go around dressed up in whatever, you know, mm. wear a dressing gown with a sword tucked through it and a balaclava and insist to everybody that I was a knight when I was a kid and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, just, just, Always, I guess. What's a cool thing that you kept with you as you gotten older? You know, because when we get older, it's so easy to, uh, you know, to repress that inner child. Mm, you yeah. know, and it's cool that you can, you still kind of keeping that thing alive with you. Um, well, it, well, with sticking on the theme of clothes, so growing up, uh, all the clothes that I had were, you know, hand me downs or second hand, and uh, I still wear. I mean, I think all of this is still second-hand stuff as well it's not because it, it, it kind of the clothes have kind of like an identity and a story of their own you know and you're just kind of continuing that on by right you know, adding your own little thing to it which is which is nice um i don't know i mean i was a weird kid and i'm i'm a weird adult so that hasn't changed so in uk so there's a there's a uh, second-hand stores in jinchindu uh, recently, I found some new ones. I haven't been to the big one yet, which is kind of like the source where all of these other 
secondhand clothes shop, shops get their stuff, but there there's quite a markup in price on the the you know the fancier ones like in the eastern suburb, Memory Park and places like that. Very fashionable, filled with very beautiful people. So it's nice just to go and browse anyway. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, I need some more clothes for this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I lost my. Uh, I almost stole my bike recently, right? Oh, and every time sure. I, I still still think about it, it still yeah. like hurts. Yeah. And James was saying how there's like a secondhand bike shop somewhere where you kind of like you find your way through the folds. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just want to go in there just to kind of check it out, but also look for my bicycle. Yeah. Well, how are you going to feel if you do find it? What What would you do if you uh, see your bike? Uh, if I'm 100 percent sure that's my bike. But you'd know, right? I, I should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do? You see your bike over there. Yeah, that, I would storm over there. Storm take over it there. Ride off of it. Just you take know? it off. And <laughs> I would, I would, I would find out like what's the proper way to deal with that situation. Yeah. yeah well, how would you deal with it? Well, I think I would just sit on it and ride it away. Is that just just off you go? Just off yeah, you go. Yeah. It's my bloody bike. So right. If someone else is tangled up in this web, then that's kind of their issue to solve with it. I think. Mm. You know, if you found your bike again. Then what if they come after you? If they're on a bike too, then you're in a race. <laughs> if they're walking, then you're probably going to win. So. Yeah, um, so here's a question I wanted to ask you, man. Okay, what was the best use of your time during the during the quarantine? Best use of my time, um, probably. I mean, the easy answer for me is to say painting my house. But then you have to think, is painting a house worthwhile? It's bloody pointless putting more paint upon paint and paint <laughs> to for what? But no, I, I I mean I like the way it looks. It was it was an enjoyable project. The process of doing it mm. was very fun. Rubbing down all the walls because it used to be an office, there were all these marks all over the walls, so it was very fun and you know, quite good exercise as well to rub down all the walls and stuff and the whole place was filled with all this powder felt like a cartel leader with these huge piles of white powder all over the floor which was mm. a great source of amusement um and yeah and then when it was all finished it was quite a big sense of satisfaction in, in yeah because there's multiple points in it where i was like oh, can't be asked to do this walls at the back of the house it's around the corner i won't do this one properly but then you know thinking do it now get it all done correctly now and then the whole thing will feel better. So yeah, it's nice to just exist in that space now, knowing that you know all of it has been affected. Mm. You're, you're existing in spaces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what color is the wall? Um, Casa Royale, which is like a deep purple. Wow. And then the skirting, I did gold with gold accents on different stuff. And it's not all purple. Some of the walls I just did white as well. So it's a very royal. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So you've been in Chengdu for like four, how long? Coming up to four years, yeah. So what's been like, like made you glad that you came to Chengdu, out of all places? Well, immediately it was the food. Sure. So the first time I went for, um, I think it was, I can't, well, I can't remember what it was now, whether it was hot pot or if it was chon chon or, or what it was, but going up to like the bit where you make your condiments this is before i'd even seen any of the food or tasted any of it and i'm like i'll go over there and you know put together your little 
pot of sauce and I get there and I'm like, oh wow, there's lots of garlic and coriander and chili and all of these things. I was like, I like all of this stuff. And it's just, you know, it's all piled up in front of me. I was like, I think I made a good choice. I think I'm going to enjoy, you know, the food here. And, you know, I did. I do. I still am. We had a lovely lunch just before uh, mm-hmm. recording this. And, like our own. Yes, and, and Mapo and tofu. tofu. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely delicious. Like, I still absolutely love all of the food here, which is, you know, a, a constant reminder of, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was a good choice coming here. I mean, the, the people are lovely as well. Very relaxed. Very, I find a very similar sense of humor to mine as well. Even if, you know, my Chinese isn't fantastic and maybe they don't speak a word of English, but they're still, you know, they still crack some jokes and, and have a... Hmm. What's been like a, like a funny encounters with the, with the locals? Funny encounter, I mean, that's... You know, almost every day. You know, <laughs> there's always, there's always something every day. Like one time, this guy was actually trying to talk with me, you know, and I'm like, I want a, uh, you know, a, a bowl of noodles, and like he was like just trying with his whole body. He's like, Elian or Arlian? He's really trying. Yeah, commend him for that. And I just said, Elian. Total physical response. Yeah, yeah, very visceral. So. Recently, I tried installing uh, a bum gun on my toilet, right? You know, one of the B-Day hoses. Because, you know, as soon as the quarantine started, you know, foreigners always think, it seems universally think, what about the toilet paper? You know, oh, in a world where the supply chains have collapsed, <laughs> you need to have a clean bottom. So uh, I immediately ordered uh, a bum gun, the B-Day, and then didn't install it for months. But it was there, just in case. Just in case things got really Bambi. bad. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, I got all the bits that I needed to do it. Um, looked at some videos of what to do and got myself all ready and had all my tools and uh, went to, turned off the valve, one of the valves for the water, but not the main one. So when I tried to um, loosen up the pipe connecting from the wall to the toilet, um, not knowing my own strengths, you know, the listeners can't see, but I'm a muscly, oh. rippling, shredded dude, uh, ripped the pipe off the wall with barely any effort at all. And so, of course, the bathroom was flooding. Oh, whoa, crap. This is a real incident. Go and find the other the actual water valve, turn that off, whatever, call the guys up and be like, right, I've, you know, I've made an error in judgment. Can you, can you help me? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Buy a new valve. Um, and we'll come and fix it. And so immediately I'm thinking, but the valve isn't the problem. The problem is I broke the pipe off the wall, like right inside of it. It's no good, right? They're like, ah, just buy it. So it's one of those situations where it's like, this guy doesn't want to admit. He doesn't know what he's doing. So he's telling me, go and buy this thing so that when I turn up to the next person and present this valve, they will tell me I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's like <laughs> kicking the embarrassment can down the road. Right. And immediately I knew this is what he was doing. He was like, oh, yeah. He looked at it for two seconds. He was like, oh, yeah, just buy a new valve. We'll fix it for you. Mm. I was like, great. Now I have to be, not only am I an idiot for breaking my own toilet, now I have to be the idiot who's trying to fix it incorrectly <laughs> in front of these guys as well. So at first I was resistant and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait till they send up someone who knows what they're doing and they're going to, you know, solve the problem. 
And eventually they were just like, no, you got to go buy the valve. So I was like, all right, okay, I'll buy it. Went out, bought the valve, go to the office, show them it. And they're like, what the bloody hell is this? <laughs> you can't, this isn't the problem that needs fixing. What the hell are you doing? And I say, yes, okay, yes, you know, pile it all on, you know, get it all out of your systems. <laughs> and then can we just please move on? I haven't been able to flush the toilet for like three days, okay? I caved, like, let's just get this on. You know, they send a plumber up and it's, you know, Martha, 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 and the whole time he's pointing at the hole and he's like pointing at the valve and he's like, what the bloody hell do you think this is Martha? This is so much trouble. And I'm like, yes, I'm very sorry. I'm a fool. Can you please just fix my toilet and also connect this gold hose to it as well? And he's just like, like, what the hell are you doing with this hose for? Why is it gold? And I'm like, look, you know, I was trying to fix it. And he's like, you're an idiot. This is so much trouble. And the whole time I'm going back in there and he's just going, Martha, showing me all the bits he's having to dig out the wall and I'm like okay yes I get it I'm I'm a great problem to you in your job really. I'm a real idiot and so eventually you know, he fixes it all up um, and the final kind of cherry on top of this cake is that he set it up so that the B-Day hose was behind the valve instead of in front of it so it means you can't you know control the valve and the pressure in the hose so this hose could strip the paint off of a car and you're using it on your you know sensitive areas Mm -hmm. which um, listeners they've never been cleaner but (laughs) you have to be very brave to use this hose your hand flies backwards whenever the the water is released so uh, yeah so you adjust that pressure? No, you can't because yeah. he, he attached it right. behind the valve. So you can't. Even... So you can only adjust how much water goes into the toilet, not how much pressure goes through the hose. So you have the full force of the water pressure coming through this hose, and it's you know it's like a, a sea breeze, an Arctic storm that comes <laughs> out of this thing. So, the force uh, be with you, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It's plenty of force. So you, yeah, you have to be. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. This bum gun. A real <laughs> lo- a lot of gun. <laughs> so, um, so here's the follow. So you know we all, <laughs> so, you know we all have all these kind of stories. You know, living in Chengdu, because uh, the language barrier and just the cultural things. Mm. And, uh, here's a, this question that uh, like is like, how do you no matter because we don't know how long we're gonna be here. We might mm-hmm. have some projected idea, but you know. And then when, I, when we first come here, it's like, well, I'll be here for another year. And yeah. every year is another year until you find, okay, I can be here for two years, maybe three, but who knows still, right? Yeah. The question remains, how do you want to leave Chengdu? How do I want to leave? Or China. Uh, in a body bag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, it's, it's interesting. A friend, of mine, a friend of mine asked me something similar a couple uh, of years ago. Um, kind of similar. They're like, where... Where do you want to die? You know, because I was complaining about the UK at the time, and they were like, you know, "Where do you, where do you want to die then?" And I was like, Oof. "Not there." But other than that, not much preference, you know. Um, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, they, they were Chinese." They were saying, "Of course, I, I want to die here. I want to die in China," mm. which is a odd thing to. Well, I guess it's not that odd, really, is it? Odd to have to think about. So that's similar to this. How do I want to leave? Voluntarily. Um, that's how I want to leave. Voluntarily. Yeah, yeah. Which is always kind of the fear that, 
you know, your, it could be visa problems or, you know, work problems or government regulation problems or whatever where you have to, where you have to right, leave. Right. I've had to leave temporarily to, you know, get new passports and visa things or whatever, but to have to leave permanently. Yeah, I had to leave involuntarily several times. Mm, and it mm. was heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come back. And then now, you know, the situation sort of lends itself for a longer term. But Yeah. And it's always very expensive when you have to leave involuntarily as well. Right. Yeah, you're not getting a cheap flight or a cheap place to stay. And it's all, you know, last minute, every minute. And it's, yeah, mm. uncomfortable when that has to happen. I mean, it can be fun. It can be exciting as well. It's an adventure. End up going to a lot of different countries in a very short amount of time, occasionally. <laughs> right. It can be, uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember I went, to, I went to Thailand once for a visa run, and it was like a kind of a, you know, a, a very delicate situation mm. for the visa transfer to a new job. And I remember just sort of, you know, throwing my dice on the table. You know, I, I, all I could do was show up in Thailand in the visa office and see what happens. And I remember I went in there and... Uh, and I waited a few days for the turnaround. I, I went back in the office uh, and waiting for either a yes or a no, hoping for a yes. The lady in the, in the I remember, in the, in the other side of the glass window, she just looks at my papers and she looks at me and she's like, denied. <laughs> 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 I, just, I just like crumbled at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the visa office is a real, yeah. It's a, it's a building filled with broken hearts, definitely. <laughs> The one in Hong Kong is is just brutal. That place is, especially the they, they have a new office now, which is much kind of airier and lighter. But did you ever go to the old one? Um, I can't remember the address of it. It was near that in big music shop in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. The, the Chinese visa office there. Oh my goodness, that place was just grim. Yeah, absolutely grim. And everyone working there was obviously incredibly stressed. Emotions right. in that place are right. very high. And you're having right. to wait right. for hours and hours right. and hours, and you have to really kind of prep yourself for when you're going in, have all your paperwork and your pictures and your pen and everything ready. And you go in there, and your pen starts leaking. And you're like, I don't have enough time to get a pen. <laughs> Every second I waste, there's like another ten people in the queue. I have to wait behind. And you're dipping your fingers in the ink and scrolling it in. You're like, Oh, I hope this is going to work. You know, I had times where did all of that, super prepared, went up there. Handed in all the paperwork, you know, very early within, you know, the first hundred people, very proud that I'd managed to get it all done so fast. And yeah, similar thing, they just kind of like looks through it all and she says, you haven't cancelled your old visa. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? And she's like, denied and just hands it back. And you're like, what? What? Like, I don't even, what do you mean? What do you mean? And she's like, you know, she circled the area where it was incorrect. And so you kind of like, you know downheartedly walk back to the other, you know, the security guys who, who can help you out. And you say, well, what was that all about? And they say, oh, you need to write cancelled in this box. And I'm like, are you kidding me? All I had to do was write cancelled in this box. That was it? And then it would have been fine? And he's like, yeah, just write cancelled and get another number. And it's like, how did this woman do me like that? You know, she just completely couldn't give me 10 seconds. Like 10 seconds was so long to write the word cancelled, you know. You could write it at a push in probably a second. And that would that was not afforded me, you know. That was literally all. Like that was it. all I had to do. I, I, so the, the next thing, I got another ticket and I looked at it. And, you know, I was within the first 100 people the first time. I looked at this ticket and it's like four. Something like it's 300, 400. Mm. Absolutely defeated. Throw it in the trash. 
I was like, come back after lunchtime, try again, right? Turn up after lunch, standing in the queue, um, you know, and this is, they, they haven't officially opened it up yet, but they're allowing people who still had tickets to go through. People saying, oh yeah, I have a number from this morning. Uh, who else has a number from this morning? Okay, go through. And I'm thinking, oh fuck, I had a, I had a number from this morning, you know? Uh, I threw it in the bin and, you know, moment of emotion, despair, <laughs> threw it away. Yeah, and so I was just like, oh yeah, no, I have, I have a number as well. Fortunately, they didn't check me, they just waved mm. me through to get back up into the office. And this is a real low point what I'm about to describe next. I fished through the bin for that <laughs> ticket because <laughs> I was like, it's worth hours of my life to, to get through this. Otherwise, you know, it could be an entire day to do it. And yeah, proud to say that I found that ticket at the oh, bottom yeah. of the, I've never been so happy to <laughs> find. <laughs> Actually, I love looking through trash. So that's probably not such a lovely trash. So yeah, it was another proud <laughs> trash moment. <laughs> <laughs> scratched out I was elated <laughs> not the slightest bit of shame finding that ticket in the trash you know the PSB office yes yeah. you know what it stands for right public security bureau so please stand by so you should be the stand-up comedians <laughs> snappy <laughs> it's been a long time coming long time coming but uh, thanks for standing down with me man. that was great very enjoyable. I get the endorsement, man. <laughs> Any uh, final thoughts, comments, questions? Uh, I guess thank you for having me. It's been a lovely time. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, la, 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 la.